Man, Swaggy P living the snitches get stitches life. Donovan Mitchell gets traded to Joachim Noah. Oh, sorry, Joachim Noah's favorite honeymoon destination and step making Warriors fans have high blood pressure. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Trying to stay cool, cool like Fonzie. <laughs> John, how you living, my friend? I love me some Fonzie, dude. Let's get it. I'm doing great. Savvy, how you living, my friend? Hey, I'm good, my man. <laughs> well, boys, we have some big NBA news today. Donovan Mitchell gets traded out of all places to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who expected this? This is absolutely crazy. For three unprotected firsts, and it looks like a couple pick swaps. Also, Agbaji, who was the number 14 in uh, this June's draft, Colin Sexton, and Laurie Markinen. So, boys, I, I want you to focus here on just the Cleveland Cavaliers side. Do you guys think that this trade was worth it for Cleveland? Just a thousand times, yes, definitely. If you look at the assets they gave up and the way Mitchell fits that team, they clearly didn't want Sexton. They let him go out there and try to find money, and he couldn't. Uh, Agbaji was a solid prospect from my understanding, but usually the number 14 pick, you're not uh, historically getting a ton out of, just in terms of metrics, not judging individual players. And Markinen felt like a rotation player at best for them. I mean, if you look at what they traded and the core of that team, more importantly, every young player on that team, that's the core four now. So we're talking about Mobley, Allen, Garland, and Mitchell are all signed for at least the next three years. All of them are under, I believe, 26. Those picks, if this team stays together, don't seem like they're going to be all that valuable. So I think this is a terrific fit, a great trade for them. And even though Mitchell and Garland might not be great together defensively, Mobley is such a unique big to pair with Allen that I think they are more capable of covering for them than almost any other frontcourt in the NBA. So across the board, I love this trade for Cleveland. Yeah, I definitely love the trade for the Cavs, especially seeing how Garland had to take over the offensive duty last year. And he just had trouble especially towards the end of the season, trying to score because he was the only playmaker. Now that you have Mitchell playing with Garland, I think that backcourt could do some damage on offense. And Garland actually averaged about, I want to say 8.6 assists a game. So they could play well off each other. I think uh, Sammy hit the nail on the head. My only concern is both of those guards are really small. They're both 6'1" but they do have a backcourt that could help protect the paint if they do get, you know, beat by the point of attack. So props to the Cavs. They definitely won the trade. They needed a playmaker and they got one. So John, yeah, uh, go ahead. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you something. So Rudy Gobert, he went for like four first rounders and a pick swap. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this was like the appropriate amount for Donovan Mitchell. Well, if we're just giving some perspective, if we're using Rudy Gobert as the barometer. Yeah, absolutely not. 
that I feel like <laughs> the, Cavs, the Cavs definitely did not get enough. I'm sorry, um, the Jazz did not get enough, excuse me. I mean, if we're basing it off the Rudy Gobert trade, yeah, the Jazz definitely should have gotten a lot more. I mean, Sammy mm-hmm. made a good point about those three picks. They might not be that valuable because the Cavs are going to be pretty good. So they're not going to be, you know, a top 10 pick. So the Jazz, I mean, if you're going to try to make an argument that those picks are valuable, I, I would have to argue against that. And, you know, while the Cavs did give up Colin Sexton and Agbaji, who was a prospect, they still kept Jared Allen, who I, I for sure thought was going to be a part of any deal for Donovan Mitchell. And they still have Evan Mobley, obviously, up-and-comer, and Karis LeVert. I think people forget that he's also on the team. He's, all, he's also somebody that could put up some points. He's, um, you know, he can put the ball in the basket. He can create his own shot. But I think that the Cavs are going to have to stay together for maybe two or three years. I know Sammy mentioned they're going to be together for three years at the very least. I don't see them making any contention for the championship in the next year. Maybe, maybe next year or the year after that. But they're still super young. And the experience, you know, reigns supreme, especially in the playoffs. So I could see them maybe making the second, maybe even the conference finals. But Ooh, okay. I, I just can't. I mean, I'm going to say it very unlikely. But if they do make it, I wouldn't be completely surprised. But I just don't see them ever making make the finals at this current point with this setup. Well, OK, let's go off the top of the dome here. OK, so in, in the east, like number one would be Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yes. Okay, two. Are we going 76ers? Are we there yet? Boston? Boston, Boston, right. Okay, Boston. And then Philly? With James Harden, uh, Dark Horse MVP? Yes, Philly. (laughs) With James Harden, that is not so much a Dark Horse MVP that... Or is is this where the Cavs sneak in? Or are are we just, like, forgetting about the, the Nets here? Are we also forgetting about the Heat here? The Heat always make me upset, dude. Like, I want them to be really good. I mean, I want them to be bad for some reason. You know, like, I don't think they're going to come out of it. And then all yeah. of a sudden, they're just really good. Right? So I don't think you can count out the Heat. We'll just say they're third. We'll just yeah. we'll just do it. So fourth. So we're now, now we're at number four with 76ers and the Cavs. Is, is this where we're thinking the Cavs kind of slide in? I could see that. Yeah, I could. I, yeah, I agree too. I think this is just the area, but it's very outside of the, to me. There's a very clear top two, and then three mm-hmm. to about five or six is Philly, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Miami. Just pick your pick your preference. They're all right. kind of there. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. So on Thursday, I guess the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I guess they were plus 10,000 to win the NBA title. And then they quickly dropped after the trade to 4,500 and then to 3,000. So it just kind of shows you, um, I guess, how much of a huge trade this was for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They improved significantly. And I guess where I'm going here is, where do you guys think are the holes for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Like, what are the concerns with this new setup? With this roster, their main concern is if LeBron James is gonna make his way out to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was so going there, because yeah. the, the problem is that small forward, right? Yeah, I could totally oh, see like man. LeBron salivating. He's talked about 
you know, last year you talked about going back to Cleveland, and now they're that much stronger. I don't know, man. In an so, area of need? It's an area of need, but you have Garland as a ball handler, you have Donovan as a ball handler. Nah. I actually yeah, don't. Yeah. He's not, he's not going back to Cleveland unless Cleveland somehow gets Bronny James. <laughs> but you know what? At the same time... Enter, enter the Laker fan in the, the chat here. At the same no, time... I, I agree with you, though. Go the ahead. way they're structured, they, they need their small forward to be a 3 and D guy. Nothing more. Someone who can Agreed. guard the wing and make the 3. And that's what a Coro is supposed to be. Is he going to be that? It's hard to say. But the other thing to remember with them is if they want to... They've got $45 million of contracts between Levert and Kevin Love. And if someone else is unhappy, they might not be done. There's another move for them to make. If yeah. a team wants to unload salary. So That's true. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. If I had to pick a hole, it would probably be the experience and the veteran leadership. I mentioned I their experience would be their weakness. Um, if they wanted to contend, and so I, I think they're missing that piece. Someone new who could actually, you know, reset the table, calm the nerves, get people, you know, their players and their teammates to focus on the task and not get distracted. Because I feel like this group, outside of Kevin Love, they're just super young. They're young, they're inexperienced, but they're full of talent. So I'm gonna say that they need to look for like an Andrew Wiggins type. I feel like at the very least. How ironic. So yeah. They picked him. Oh, yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah. yeah. So he'd be, like, returning back to... Well, not really returning. He never went there. He just got traded straight up. Um, yeah. let, let's talk about the Jazz real quick. So the Jazz just got a huge haul this offseason. So going from 2023 all the way to 2027, they have, like, nine first-round picks, which is a ton. What do you guys think of like the Jazz's position, like new position here. Do you guys like where they're at? I think for the Jazz to culminate as many draft picks as possible is the best move for them, just because they're not a free agent destination, number one. Number two, this is Danny Ainge's MO, and I don't think he has a good reputation with free agents either, just because of what's been said from Campbell Walker, and IT, Isaiah Thomas, he needs those draft picks and he's not going to do well in free agency. Look at how many players that he was supposed to trade for, but he really wanted to keep those draft picks. Jimmy Butler was in the works. Kawhi supposedly wanted to be a Celtic. Harden, AD, Chris Paul. This uh, Danny Ainge just loves his picks and we'll see if he could actually score on them. That's... That's the trouble, right? That uh, these draft picks are guaranteed. I'm not going to hate on the on what Danny Ainge is doing because what he did in Boston, it just took a while for it to come to fruition. I mean, he didn't trade the pick that drafted Jason Tatum. He didn't trade the pick that drafted Jalen Brown. He didn't trade the pick that drafted Marcus Smart. So a lot of these things take time. Now, it all depends on kind of what your goal is. If, if, the, if his goal is to win now with the Jazz, then yeah, you definitely got to look at the trading those picks. But it looks like it's a complete rebuild, obviously. They traded Ruby Gilbert, they traded, tra- traded Donovan Mitchell. So he's looking probably like five, maybe 10 years down the line. And who knows, maybe they'll be awful this year, which is likely. Oh, yeah. And they have a, tran- they have a chance at... Um, uh, 
Wenambaya? How am I saying that right? Wembanaya. Wembanaya. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're used to it, just like Antetokounmpo. They're, they're trying to replace one French center with another. That's that's the final goal here. <laughs> Let me but, correct myself real quick. 2023 to 2029, they have 15 first rounders. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm just enjoy the next three or four drafts where every pick is either going to be New Orleans, Oklahoma City, or Utah, because that's what's happening. <laughs> they yeah. pretty much own the next three to five drafts, so... I get what Utah's doing. I mean, and like John said, they're not a free agency destination. So the move is to accumulate assets and either draft the star or trade the assets for a disgruntled star. If you're a market like that, there's no other move. So I understand it. I mean, if Mitchell was already sending out signals he didn't want to be there, then you make the deal. But I just I think they're going to look back on this deal and regret it. Honestly, I just don't think they got enough value for the quality of player. Rudy Gobert got more. The Gobert deal, the I think they're going to dance in the streets, and it's almost <laughs> like this like, is regression. Yeah, like, Rudy Gobert's like, agent yeah. is like, yeah, like break like it down, break it down at the, like David and, Blaine. Yeah, break it down to the end of the at the end of the season. If we all were able to go into the future and say Rudy Gobert is going to get a far better return than Donovan Mitchell, how many people would have bought that? I don't think uh, so. Nobody. I think we're Shout just Minnesota. I think we're just looking at the draft picks, though. Like, we can't forget that that Sexton is in this trade. You know what I mean? And then for Rudy Gobert, what what did they get? Like, Gallinari? Uh, for Gobert, they did get Walker Kessler, who was taken in the first round of that draft. Uh, he was Minnesota's first round pick. So that's kind of the um, the offset to Egbaji. Like, the same way they got oh, Egbaji, yeah, they got right. Kessler. Uh, what did they do? They got Pat Bev. Which they flipped in the flipped. THT, so depending yeah. on what you think of THT, huh. if he's been out too. Uh, yeah, he ain't well, so good anymore, but you wouldn't trade him for Lowry, would you? I mean. So, yeah. the, the Sexton, here's the thing with Sexton. Do you think he is a big rotation player, like a 25-minute rotation player on a winning, contending team? Or do you think... He's a decent guard who puts up a lot of empty stats on a bad team. I think that's the the debate with him across the league. I'm going to say today, yeah, he is not. Okay. But I think he has the potential to be. And I, I feel like that's a good risk to take. And, you know, some of these picks that we're, that we're talking about here, they might not ever be as good as, as Sexton. Very true. Very true. You know what I mean? But I, I'm really impressed with what the Jazz did. I did not think going into this offseason that like if they told me that they were going to blow it up that they would end up with 15 first rounders like that is crazy to me um let's talk about the sad side of this trade (laughs) (laughs) so donovan mitchell was rumored heavily okay heavily to the new york knicks like they were coming up with all sorts of trades and it, apparently RJ Barrett was part of it. RJ Barrett not too long ago signed a um an extension which basically signaled the fact that Donovan Mitchell was not coming. Looking at this guy's looking at the trade um that Donovan Mitchell or the, sorry, the Utah Jazz got for Donovan Mitchell. What do you guys think about like the New York Knicks side? Like are you guys sad for them? Are you guys thinking that they should have offered more, gone harder for this? Or do you think that 
it would have been way too much for the New York Knicks to even offer, considering their current state of their franchise. The Knicks are absolutely cursed. And there's nobody, there's nothing that anybody could ever say to me that would convince me otherwise. And this is all Stephen A. Smith's fault, and partially Carmelo Anthony, too. But, it, I mean, it's like a, a comedy of errors at, at this point, right? Like, year after year, whatever you want to say, they always miss out on their free agents. They always miss out on the trades. They always miss out on, on all of these players that want to come home, allegedly. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's from New York. And so it would have been the perfect fit for him to come home, sell tickets. I mean, the Mecca, right? The Big Apple. Yeah. To me, it's... I, heard, I read a report, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I'm going to roll with it, that the Jazz were very upset, kind of butthurt, that Donovan Mitchell wanted out. So they they made a conscious effort to not trade him to New York, his hometown, because they knew that's where he wanted to go. So they instead, they chose Cleveland. Now, we don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to mm. say it is, because I love drama, juicy gossip, even if it's... Uh, not substantiated so i want to get your guys thoughts do you think that that's that's possible that the jazz actually didn't trade him to new york because they were upset that he requested a trade i think it's very possible because a rumor came out that in july the knicks offered Toppin, quickly and barrett plus two picks and the jazz turned it down and I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, but I think that's a better deal than what they got. Like, I, Yes, by far, dude. So why turn that down and then take this instead is, did they think they did they overplay their hand? Did they think they had a better market or were they bitter and not want to trade him where he wanted to go? It's... Yeah, the Ainge doesn't about- strike me that way though. That's the only thing that I get conflicted about, but that's what it seems to be laid out here. So from what I've read and what's like going around in New York is that there was a deal in place, but then the Knicks were quote unquote, they were being cheap with their draft picks. So then the Jazz, they just said, forget it. We don't want to make a deal with you anymore. And, you know, Scott Perry, who's the GM for the Knicks, as soon as he got the position three years ago, they've been waiting to do this move. They saved up cap. They were targeting Donovan Mitchell. He was the heavy heavy favorite for weeks. Uh And then all of a sudden, what happens? He gets traded to the Cavs. It's kind of odd. I'm going the opposite side of what John was saying. I think that the, the Jazz got pissed off at the Knicks, not at Donovan Mitchell because of how they communicate and deal through free agency and trades. This is so interesting and so juicy. Like, leave it to the Knicks, man, to flub this. I mean, they have all seven of their own first rounders. Also, four additional picks from, it looks like, Dallas, Detroit, Milwaukee, and and Washington. So, I mean, they had all these combinations of picks that they could have sent in their direction to compete with this. Um, that With this one, with, that the Cleveland Cavaliers had to offer. I don't know, man. I, I just feel bad for the New York Knicks, but we're going to move on. Um, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And for our next topic, guys, Laker legend, (laughs) Nick Young, and Laker legend, D'Angelo Russell. So, Nick Young was recently, he spoke to Sports Illustrated Chris Mannix for an interview on the volume. And he was asked, which NBA player do you want to face off in a boxing ring one day? And Nick Young did not hesitate. He did not waste any time. This is his quote. Of course, D'Lo, D'Angelo, Young said. Some guys on the Warriors, some guys on the Lakers, couple coaches. Maddox joked that he figured the 6'7 foot Young, who played for the Denver Nuggets during the 2018-19 season, could make a lot of money fighting D'Angelo Russell. And I'm curious, guys, like, for context, for people that don't know this, I don't know who would not know this, but back in, I think, 2015 or 16, D'Angelo Russell was recording Nick Young secretly about Nick Young's infidelity or extracurricular activities while dating Iggy Azalea. And that became super public. And this is the reason why Nick Young wants to fight Dila. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this story. This is, this is a good one, I, I will say. But do you think that, one, are you surprised by this pick? by Nick Young and two if they were to get into a boxing match do you think that Nick Young or D'Lo would win oh man <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> so let me just say this the it's I just think it's hilarious that after seven six years that Nick Young brings up this situation with D'Lo like you haven't moved on, man. Have you been dating other people? Are you bringing up this? This should be water under the bridge. What do you guys think? Uh, dude, what, the, uh, but what I if what if Iggy Azalea was the love of his life, Jay? Then why would he be stepping out to begin with? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the truth too, Sammy. Hey, that's true. Very true. Hey, you got me there, Sammy. <laughs> but there's like there's like bro code, you know what I mean? And like they they seem like they're really good homies. Like really, like they're literally just lounging, like just relaxing, dude. And he records and posts it randomly. And it's just guy talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, we're all dudes here. And we all know how like some guy talk could get a little out of hand, right? It just seemed like that conversation got out of hand, right? Not for public, not for public consumption. So I'll, I think I would feel a little bitter about it too. Especially if they haven't talked to each other. Like if, cause, okay. I just brought up this article. Did you see that D'Angelo Russell re, like replied to this? Oh, rumor? Boy. He says it's not no. going to happen or what? No, he said, my name keep dude relevant and I'm going to the grave, w- grave with, I ain't do that ish. Hashtag carry on. So he still feels like he's not responsible. Oh, man. I don't. I don't know, dude. Those it's, are those, those are like fighting words to me. I don't know. That 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 brings me back to like the old age question, which is, who do you blame, the criminal or the snitch? 
It's a tie. They both lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Both, yeah, they both lose in this situation. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. Who would win? Let's say hypothetically they get they set up a boxing match, ESPN, the Ocho, whatever you want to call it, and we're all watching it. Who do you think wins? How many rounds? Is it a TKO? Give me all your details. Give me what you think. D'Lo wins. D'Lo wins because I have absolutely no faith that Nick Young's anywhere near in shape to do anything because he's been out of the league for three or four years. And clearly D'Lo's still on his head. So all I can picture is Nick Young throwing a punch, turning around, raising his hands in the air, and the basketball somehow flipping in and out like it does in that eternal meme that we've all seen at this point. Mm -hmm. And then turning around and just getting knocked out. I just, I can't pick Nick Young to win at much of anything. Sorry. I concur. I'll go with D'Lo. D'Lo in the eighth by a basketball hitting Nick Young in the head. Okay. So it says here that D'Angelo Russell is 6'4". <laughs> Nick Young is 6'7". D'Angelo Russell is 190. And Nick Young is 210. I'm going to go with stats here. I'm going Nick Young. He's taller and bigger. I'm going to go with Nick Young, but there's going to be a uh, an instance where he knocks D'Lo to the ground, thinks he wins. Kind of like when he shot the basketball, it rimmed in and out. <laughs> exactly. He celebrates and too D'Lo, early. D'Lo gets back up and knocks him out. But then that's how the fight ends. At the end, but then no, at the end, Nick Young comes back and wins. I'll Wait, leave it can, at that. Can we talk about who do you think he's referring to with the Warriors and the Lakers? Mm, yeah. Oh yeah, because he says that he would fight a, like some guys on the Warriors and some guys on the Lakers, huh? I'm, I'm um, calling KD and Draymond for the Warriors, for sure. Because he used to yell at his ass. Draymond probably for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Or Couple do you think coaches? He... Yeah, I was gonna Byron say maybe Scott. maybe Byron, Steve Kerr. Byron Scott. Byron Scott for sure. Yeah. Okay. Laker coach Byron Scott, and then the cameraman who caught or they're all the reporters that put posted that video of him shooting that three going in and out <laughs> and him raising his hands turning around it's a good call all right so i mean i i, I think we all in agreement here that we would love yeah. to see this are we all paying for this fight if it happens would you guys pay for, pay to see it i would split it i, I wouldn't pay more than five dollars but i would split it with people it should be more than ten dollars I'm I'd asking our video producer, it. RJ, to hook us up with a link. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, guys. I mean, uh, we're all in agreement. We would love to see this fight. Hopefully it happens. DraftKings, make it happen. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but I'm going to move on to our next topic. So Steph Curry, he recently was uh, receiving the key to the city of Charlotte this past Thursday. And he was actually interviewed. And he made some interesting comments, it's particularly, I think, a lot of Warrior fans would kind of maybe scratch their head or raise their eyebrows at. And he was quoted as saying this. Everybody asks me, you want to play one year for the Hornets and come back? I'm not breaking any news right now, but I'm not ma- and I'm not making any promises, Curry said. All I would say is if there was a team that I did want to play for that was not named the Golden State Warriors, that would be it. And so, I know that my, my natural inclination is to go to the Warrior fans here, but I'm going to throw this to Sammy first. Okay. As an outsider, as a non-Warrior fan, is there any reason to be concerned about this comment? I mean, he's still under contract for, I think, a good amount of years. 
but is there any reason to be concerned? And do you think that there's a possibility? And if you were a betting man, do you think Steph Curry is going to play for the Hornets at any t- point in his career? All right. So is there any concern to me? Not really. I think he was he was back home, wanted to make the people happy, threw this out there to get a get the polite cheer. On the surface, I think that's that's it. If you want to play the conspiracy game, he has put out there through media reports, whatever you want to call it, that if Draymond doesn't get re-signed, he would not be happy. So is this a little bit of subtle pressure of, of saying, hey, there's other places I could go? Sure, it could be, but I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, in terms of him playing in Charlotte, I mean, never say never, but I can't see it. I would be amazed if he plays in any jersey but a Warriors jersey before he retires. So maybe because I'm not emotionally attached to it, I don't see it as a big deal. But I, I just think he was having a nostalgic at home moment. Yeah. What do you guys think? JJ, June? Well, okay. So Steph Curry just did the SPs. He learned how to work a mic a little bit. <laughs> he learned how to work a crowd a little bit. He knows he's in Charlotte, receiving the key to the city. So it's going to appeal a little bit to to the people there. I mean, even in the middle of this quote, like the people there erupted in cheers because they were just like really happy that he was about to say this about the city, you know? And that's why he said, like, I'm not breaking any news right now. I will say this in the twilight of his career, I would not be surprised if he played for Charlotte. I mean, his dad is an announcer for Charlotte, right? Mm. So to have your dad announce your games, that would be absolutely incredible. And and like Steph Curry's a big family man, so I wouldn't even be mad at him. He's already served his time for the Warriors. He's did his thing with the Warriors. He's given us like the best years that the Bay Area has ever had like in sports debatably <laughs> JJ what do you so, think my thing is that Curry knows that he's within the category of legend and part of that legend folklore is playing for one team for years decade and more true he's part of the club with Duncan Kobe the list goes on but when you do want to go back home and that desire is there, it is a threat. I mean, Laker fans used to always hear Kobe say he, he would play for Philly, right? Chicago fans would always hear Jordan say it would be a dream of mine to play for the Knicks and play at MSG for home games. So I don't know. I think it's funny that he said it. Uh, I would hope that he retires as a warrior, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you where to play for the Hornets, like for his dad or in front of his dad. Yeah, I kind of, I agree with Roe and, and JJ. I think I think there's a possibility that he would play for Charlotte. I, I think just being home. And Steph Curry is that kind of, that persona. He's very, uh, he's a family guy. He's very, you know, tight knit with the community. He just seems very down to earth. So I think if anybody would be more likely to do that and kind of have that nostalgic feeling and playing in front of your home your home team where you grew up and uh, having your dad announce your games like like rose said i think it would be steph curry now it would be awesome for him to finish his career 
in, in Golden State. You always love to see those kind of stories where one guy just starts with a team and ends with it like Kobe. But I could totally see it. I, I just think that, I mean, he, the guy went to, he's going, he goes to Carolina Panther games for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> and that's like voluntarily too. I'm sorry, Carolina fans, but I'm just, I'm going to have to go there. It's so, like beating, you know beating that he's the all drum. About, yeah, he's all about the city. So I could see it. I don't want him to do it. I want him to see him retire in Golden State, yeah. but I could totally see it. But um, I'm going to move on now to our last game or topics for the night and this is Dubber Dud so here's our first Dubber Dud guys Larsa Pippen who is Scotty Pippen's ex-wife oh no she was spotted I mean somebody is taking pictures sending them to TMZ whatever it may be but she was spotted with proof and evidence and pictures dining with Michael Jordan's son Marcus who is 31 and Larsa Pippen for reference is 48 years old and, and man, if there wasn't enough drama between Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan before, there's definitely some now. It takes the, the meaning of the last dance to a whole nother level. So I wa- <laughs> wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Is this a dub or a dud? And I'm going to start with Ro. Oh, no. Man, I don't even know what to think of this. I mean, right? I guess I guess I'm going to go with a dub. I mean, find find love wherever you gotta find it. <laughs> I guess. Who are we to say who you date? Larsa or Michael Jordan's son, Marcus? Um, I mean, she's 48, he's 31. That's not so crazy, in my opinion. I don't know. Dub. <laughs> <laughs> JJ. I did, everyone's laughing at me because I didn't even convince myself of this, by the way. Go ahead. So, John, I know you said that there's already friction between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And I'm sure Michael Jordan's son has been seeing all these crazy things Scottie Pippen has been saying about his dad. So I just imagine this dude thinking before he goes to bed, and he's like, what's the best way I could get revenge on this bull talking about my dad? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's a dub for that reason. This is like some Game of Thrones, House of Dragon <laughs> kind of betrayal here, dude. Yeah, you That's intense. That That's so and intense. What about you, Sammy? Well, in the case of uh, Michael Targaryen Jordan, um... <laughs> <laughs> When the Scottie Pippen Michael Jordan stories first came out, I'm going to quote JJ. He said, if you come at the king, you best not miss. I think that it would not be remotely below Michael Jordan to actually send his son out on this mission to go one further than what JJ was Yeah. Oh, no. Like, Scottie, you want to talk? I'm going to get my kids to go out with your ass this is crazy, dude. This is just the dubbiest of dubs on so yeah. many levels. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with with his airness on this one. Dub Michael yeah. Jordan, Scotty, just write your book and move on, man. Just don't even respond uh, to this. Oh man, I'm oh, with you guys. Man. This is this is a super dub. I mean, I hope they get married because can you imagine the aftermath and the stories that come out of that? That's gonna be great. They'll have co- 
you know, mainstream media will have content for, for so long. Anyway, I'm <laughs> moving on to our second dubber dot here. So the New York Knicks, they have a big three. I guess you can call it that if you if you want. I'm sure only Knicks fans are calling it that. But they have Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Julius <laughs> Randle. And they are taking about $341 million. That's not a, you heard me correctly, $341 million of cap space. And I already know what the answer is for everybody. At least I know what the honest answer should be, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Is this a dub or a dud? And I'm going to start with JJ. Uh, Sorry, Knicks. We've been beating you down in this pod for the past few months. But uh, it's deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> it's it's definitely a dud. Uh, uh, this trio is making it's taking up 341 million in cap space, John. Wow, crazy. that's crazy. And uh, Sammy. I mean, for entertainment value, it's a dub for all of us. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we might have been beating down Knicks fans for a few months, but man, James Dolan's been beating them down for 40 years. Like, this is just... Especially with what we talked about earlier, they could have had Mitchell, and instead they have... I've, I heard the term mid-three actually used to describe them. Uh, those three <laughs> players, John. <laughs> wow. That's, I read it somewhere else. I did not make that up, but... Sorry, Knicks fans, but it's just that's clearly a dud. You can say that you're saving your assets for the next major disgruntled player, but gotta show it. This is all you have right now, so it is what it is. It's it's a dud, and like JJ was saying, it's well deserved. In fact, it's three hundred and forty-one million. <laughs> it's worth deserved. How many how many All Stars are in this? How many All Star votings are in this? Trio, I mean, that is crazy talk. 341 yeah. million. That's dud. crazy. Dud, super dud. I mean, Jalen Brunson, dude, he got overpaid like crazy. RJ Barrett is the best player of this trio, <laughs> um, potential wise, and also maybe currently, arguably. So, mm-hmm. but still, that's just way too much money for three guys that none of these guys you can call a, a superstar easily. And I'm going to move us on to our last Deborah Dud of the night. And then naturally, it's Russell Westbrook. Dud. Go ahead. Ah. So Russell Westbrook, guys, his NBA 2K rating, NBA 2K23, his rating is a 78 overall, which is a C++ if you're thinking of it in grade terms here. And I do want to throw this out before I throw it to you guys, is that the NBA 2K ratings is judged on a is not more than who they are at their core. And it's adjusted based on recent trends and how they're performing in real life. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Dub or dud for Westbrook's 2K23 rating. I'm going to start off with Roe. Oh, man. I was trying to see who else, like, quickly. Like... Who else is rated a 78? John Wall. Kemba Walker. Lavert. Kevin Porter Jr. Malik Monk. Gary Payton the second. I don't. I thought 78 was actually kind of good. <laughs> but now like going through that list. He should be 
should okay operative word is should she should be as a superstar right a big name better than 78 like that is awful i'm gonna go with dud uh jj uh john can you confirm his uh salary for this year <laughs> no, because I know you have it pulled up already on your screen, and you're just no, yeah. Don't bait me. Above, I already know what it is. It's above forty-five with incentives. As a player that is, you know, like June said, a superstar and being rated as a seventy-eight is definitely a dud. But I've had, I've seen um, people commenting that seventy-eight is actually too high. It should be mm. lower. For a player that scores 19, 6 boards, 6 assists. I mean, if we're going just based off stats, I think it's kind of slow. Maybe 81, 82. I do find it interesting that if you've played NBA 2K, their ratings are usually based off stats. And for whatever, for whatever reason, this time, they didn't go by stats. They went for actual gameplay, like the eye test. So 2K, pretty ballsy of you. (laughs) It depends on one thing, though. I know in Madden, you know what drives the rating a lot is awareness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's very possible his athleticism is at a 90 and his awareness is at like a 20. (laughs) And that's how they balance this out. (laughs) So I'm going to give it a dub. By the sound of it, it sounds like they got this thing spot on. So nice work, 2K. John, before you before you answer uh, this, before you answer this, I just want to let you know that Alex Caruso is also rated a seventy-eight. Ouch! And before that means- he answers this, I have it on the screen. Uh, Patrick I, Beverly is a, a seventy-nine. Wow! Yeah, that's why we traded for him. Sammy, I yeah. just wanted. I loved your analogy about the awareness. That would be like if I made my punter reposition to a quarterback. His awareness would be 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't even argue with with it. I mean, 78 is it's it's average to me, right? So I guess you can call Westbrook average. I mean, he definitely didn't play well last year. He turned the yeah, I think he had multiple games where he turned the ball over more than 10 times, which is absolutely crazy for a point guard. So, 78, whatever. He's still in the Lakers. I'm Is this a dub? Very sad. I'm very yeah, sad. Is this about a dub? It. No, this is absolutely dud, dude. This is a dud. <laughs> it's a dud because it just reminds me that he's still on the team. <laughs> Well, with that, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. And uh, football until February, starting next week. Can't wait. Dang, can't wait. John, thanks for being on, man. That's right. Thank you. And uh, yes, fantasy football, I'm ready to get heartbroken again, year after year. (laughs) Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, and happy NFL kickoff to all. Let the most wonderful time of the year begin. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Shout out to everyone watching us on YouTube right now. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rose Zapanta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us.
wherever you get your podcasts. Hey. Hey. Hey.